Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. And of course, we are both sheltering at home during the current coronavirus pandemic. So we're recording our podcast introductions on a Zoom call today. The story you're about to hear was told in March of 2020 at our storytelling events at the Durango Arts Center and the Sunflower Theater, when the theme was firsts and lasts. Robin Brodsky fell off a bar stool for the last time in June of 1993. Since then, she's wandered the globe on foot and by bicycle, sharing humor, music, and wisdom. Robin believes with certainty that if Jesus were to ride into Jerusalem today, he'd be riding a 70s-era Schwinn Varsity 10-speed he pulled from a dumpster in Hoboken. Here is Robin's story. My socks were all balled up in the bottoms of my shoes. <laughs> you know, a lot can happen between a first time and a last time. Uh, I'm honored to be in the presence of such awesome, vulnerable humanity. If no one tells you they love you today, I do. The first time I met Kate, I was walking the Camino de Santiago on northern Spain. And I was 11 days in uh, from Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port. I was going to walk to the small village of Grañon and work as a hospitalera. That's a volunteer at a pilgrim's hostel. And uh, I did that. I walked for 11 days. It was stunningly beautiful. And I showed up in this little village that had a year-round population of about 100 souls. And this old church built sometime around the year 1100. And uh, that's where I was going to live for the next two weeks, taking care of other pilgrims. And I did that. It was great. And to get to the, uh, to the dorm area and the kitchen area, you went up these old stone stairs in the bell tower. It was a winding staircase like this. It was so old. And there'd been so many pilgrims walking up those stairs that the stones in the stairs were arced like this from so many footsteps. The priest there was, uh, his whole mission in life was based around taking care of pilgrims. His name was Padre Jesus, of course. It's a beautiful old church. It was a little bakery in town that we got all our bread from. And uh, we'd look after these pilgrims. And every morning, one of the volunteers, there was three of us, would go to the bakery, which was a, had a wood-fired oven. And we'd pick up the day's bread. And you'd walk down the street early in the morning, and you could smell there was that mix of wood smoke and fresh bread. It was awesome. And we'd take the bread back. And we'd serve that for dinner. And the pilgrims would cook our dinner. We let them cook. We just supplied all the groceries. Anyway, uh, about a week into this thing, this woman named Kate and her sister came. They were walking the Camino together. And uh, they, they stayed the night. And then I finished my time there, and I started to walk again. And what happens on the Camino, really, is you meet people, and you sort of leapfrog each other. Now, for me, it was really important to walk alone. I walked alone. I didn't have a phone, nothing like that. And in the end, I realized that what I was having, my experience was really just a long dialogue with God. It was great. It was an awesome experience. Anyway, eventually, we met up again, time and time again. We got to know each other, uh, realized that we had a lot in common, both travelers, wanderers on the path, kindred spirits, as it were. And we met in Santiago weeks later, 
and uh, made a plan, actually. She was going to be in Barcelona. I was going to be in Barcelona. We met up in Barcelona, shared a shisha, smoked, you know. She was a bit of a smoker. And um, we talked about future plans, you know. And she was going to hike the Colorado Trail from Denver to Durango. She'd never been here before. I told her I was from Durango. She got all excited, you know. We decided we'd meet up in Durango again. Um, I went somewhere, but somehow I ended up in San Francisco, and I was riding my bicycle back to Durango, as you do when you're me, because <laughs> everybody does that, you know. Anyway, we met up in Durango. We hung out. She said she loved it here, and she told me that she'd been having conversations with her daughter, and they were going to do the walk through um, the Inca Trail down in Peru, and would I like to join them to go to Machu Picchu? And I was like, well, of course because that's normal for me, you know. I travel, I throw a dart at a map and say, yeah, I'm going to go there, and then figure out the, le the rest once I get there. Anyway, uh, we made a plan for the following year, and then I somehow was cycling down the Atlantic coast from D.C. to Miami, because that's what I do, and uh, flew over to Cancun and then cycled to Guatemala City, and I was going to cycle all the way to Lima and meet down there, but I'm a putterer. Took me longer than I thought because I get so involved in like scenery and people and speaking Spanish and food and all that kind of good stuff, you know. Anyway, we managed to meet up in Cusco and uh, we hiked this uh, Inca Trail with my friend Kate and her daughter. Tirza was her name, Tirza's 20. And we had a great time, you know, and the Andes are beautiful. It's not just these like snowy, craggy peaks, there's these beautiful, lush valleys that are full of water and terraces where they grew tons and tons of food and these beautiful stone structures, you know? And we had a great time. And uh, went back to the States and uh, I was cycling somewhere, I think, probably. And uh, <laughs> it's true, you know. And um, I was back in Durango and I was getting ready for a bike ride. I was gonna ride the Baja Divide, which is this off-road cycling route, because this is just what I do. This is normal for me. Anyway, um, I cycled from Durango. I had a brand new bicycle, it was beautiful, and I wanted to try it out, and I cycled from Durango out to Cherry Creek. She'd bought property out there. She loved this area so much, she'd never been here before. She just fell in love and she bought property. And um, so I cycled out to her new place out in Cherry Creek, I think, is that what it's called? out there between Mancus and, yeah, and uh, right there on the shoulder of the La Plata's, you know, stunningly beautiful. It's a lot higher than I thought, and I, I spent a night or two there, and we looked at the property, she had 13 acres of this beautiful chaparral, you know, and um, I was getting ready to do this other trip, so uh, I said farewell. You know, we'd gotten to know each other, it's been about three years, four years, you know, across, our paths crossed, and I said goodbye, and that was the last time I ever saw her. And I went on my way, and I wound up in San Diego, and I did this ride down through Baja, and from there I went over to Australia to ride my bike, because that's what I do, and uh, <laughs> cycled across Australia. And sometime around June, I, I got a message from uh, her daughter that Kate had passed away. And I was like, wow, what the hell, you know? She was quite active, just like me, seemed healthy enough, you know? And uh, I was quite surprised and I was quite shocked. And I was really taken by that because I spent a lot of my life distancing myself from people. Because I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna feel the things that people sort of help me to feel. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable for me, you know. 
Anyway, I sent a message back to Teresa. I said, what happened? I, and I, I, I thought the worst, actually. And she wrote back and said that her mother had taken her own life. I was shocked. I was devastated beyond anything I can imagine. And the reason I am telling this story, and this is the last time I will ever tell this story, you know, I thought a lot about the storytelling. And I thought, is this, is this for her or is this for me? Why am I telling this story? You know, it was really important to get that figured out. And, and I'm not really sure now, but I think it's mostly for me. You know, because I've been hanging on to this for, I don't know, three or four years. And everywhere I look, I see her. You know, I hear birds in the trees. Uh, I see the way the grass riffles in the wind. And I see Kate there. And I see her in the water in the rivers. And I hear a bird sing, and there she is, you know. And I just think, why did you do that? I was pissed. I was pissed for a long time. I'm not pissed anymore. I'm not angry anymore. Um, no, I'm not angry. But I just want to say, Kate, that I love you, and I miss you, and I'm so glad you're free now. Thanks. Thank you so much, Robin, for telling your story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. We can't wait to gather together again and connect to the magic of live storytelling. Our May events are unfortunately canceled due to coronavirus concerns, but we are hopeful that we'll be able to host our SLAM storytelling event in September when the theme will be Lost Found. And we are especially excited about our event in November when the theme will be Letting Go, Holding On. That event will be in collaboration with 20 Moons Contemporary Dance Theater Company, providing interpretive movement and music alongside the storytelling. So don't miss it. Check the events page at ravennarratives.org for more information. And don't forget to subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and share these stories with your friends and family. During times like these, we are especially grateful for all of the stories from the Raven Narratives archives over the past four years. Big thanks goes to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the important projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. Our theme music was written and composed by Mo Cooley and performed by Mo and the Motones. Find out more about their music on the Motones Facebook page. That's M-O-E Tones on Facebook.